Right. So um, I, I was reading uh, what you wrote about Drake uh, and the open source robotics toolbox. So first of all, thanks for sharing that. And um, I just want to mention something because I think when I was reading, everything was very honest about the, the challenges we have for open source tools. And since two years, I was working on and material and soft robotics. This material has very young models, and and it was really hard even to capture its dynamics. And this, you speak in this uh, about the tool that most important thing is a physics engine. And that's something we struggle with in the community. I don't know. Of course, it depends what kind of uh, properties or what kind of system we want to simulate. But when I was reading about what you tried to stress about, it's very interesting. Even this. This comment I would like to mention here, you said that some people would say that the problem we are tackling robotics are too complex to be treated with clean mathematics. And you said that you strongly disagree. And I find this really, yeah, reflecting a lot of things about how we design the physics engine simulator and what kind of intricacies we have that we can really capture what we want exactly. If you can tell us more about that. Yes, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. I think... Um... I think that because of the success of deep learning, um, I think people are often quickly saying that we don't want to use physics-based solutions anymore. We want to use data-driven solutions. Um, I think there are places where our physics-based solutions are so good that I wouldn't see abandoning them very quickly. I think there are problems where our physics-based solutions haven't done um, you know, haven't given performant solutions, and I am, I'm totally fine replacing them with data. If I wanted to pour liquid into a, you know, then I think actually that one's on the on the bubble for me. I, I think, you know, Flex is an, a fantastic physics-based sort of simulator for something like that. Um, you know, soft robotics, I think, is, is this intermediate regime where I think there are some aspects of soft that might be um, efficiently captured with data, but I still really believe that there's a lot more to to be uh, gained from physics-based understanding. Uh, now, I, I think so. The, the, the soft simulation we do in Drake, we actually have a new team uh, on the dynamics team working specifically on soft simulation. So you should expect more to come. But the stuff that's in there right now that I talked about in that blog post is um, think of it as a hard endoskeleton with soft skin. So it's um, relatively low deformation mode. Um, you know, we do. We, we, we think of them as rigid bodies that have, um, we, we think about the rich contact of those rigid bodies in a low deformation mode. So where a lot of simulators will replace um, the contact between two rigid bodies with a point or a handful of points and summarize the force there, we will go do the extra work to, uh, to compute a surface integral over a contact patch and we find that leads to much, much more robust um, simulation around some of the, the, the corner cases in, in um, even rigid contact, rigid on rigid contact. And, and it's on this, I think it's a nice trade-off between uh, you know, computationally more expensive solutions and some, something that's performant but robust, seems to reprodu reproduce the real-world experiments very, very nicely. So that's, that's work called the hydroelastic simulation that's been done by um, Michael Sherman and his team. Mm -hmm. So for closing seem to real, I think that's something also interesting because you mentioned that there would be a large also deformation for soft robotics. So I don't know how do you see that kind of a challenge here, because yeah, it's very it's very hard sometimes to do large deformation. Right. I think uh, from the simulation perspective, there's a, there's a couple tiers of extra complexity. So we will we are working on uh, large deformation um, 
soft simulation now, but even then I would say we were, we're trying to avoid the hardest problems in very thin um, filament kind of simulation still. That, that'll be like for cloth, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't do cloth in this round yet. We'll, that'll be yet another stage of, of evolution. So there are really hard, I mean, just the, the, the fundamental problem with when the simulation is of a very thin material is that you suddenly, if you have any penetration whatsoever, you can have a puncture and suddenly your contact forces might be coming out the other side of the material and, and that gets very hard and it, it requires um, you know, a lot of numerical precision to do that well. So, um, no, but I, I, I do think we'll have, you know, so uh, some very, very good um, for non-thin material soft simulation coming very soon. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about pushing the limitation because sometimes, for example, when we see the failure happening in the, for example, soft robot to robot, how we can see that intubating the failure of the in simulation. I don't know, how do you see that also? Is it still limitation or how do you see this point? This has changed a lot. I mean, I remember when we started um, pouring our effort into Drake as an open source project, I remember even my own students were very skeptical. They said, um, okay, you can't do manipulation research in simulation. I mean, legged robots, yeah, we've kind of been able to, but manipulation, you can't sim simulate that. And I think between the, um, I mean, around that time is when game engines were being um, realized as having sufficient photorealism to train perception systems, which is just a huge thing. Like that wasn't something people believed in before and now people do believe in that. And I think um, the contact simulation is the other one to be able to simulate at reasonable rates, you know, sufficiently rich contact so that you actually, we do see um, for pretty sophisticated manipulation tasks, transfer from sim to real. That's, I mean, we really do capture most of our failures in simulation and are able to reproduce them. Not everything. I mean, we, there are examples where we've seen like the rubber pad on our fingertip fell off on the robot. It's like, well, we didn't simulate that. But, but in terms of all of the, you know, more manipulation focused things, um, it really does transfer wonderfully well these days. Mm -hmm. Also, I think very interesting part about that you were conservative about releasing before, make sure it's mature. I think that's very interesting because we had also episode with Professor Peter Cork, and he said that although that I'm really a big advocate of open source, and I really love it, but he said something that it's complexity. It really it leads more complexity, and that's true. Sometimes we struggle sometimes with a lot of bugs, and it doesn't work. But what you mentioned is very interesting that how to make sure that the tools is mature and make sure that it's well maintained and also because it's yeah it's, i heard i heard his quote i heard i heard that part of uh, of your episode and, and i thought it was a great uh, insight from 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 peter and uh uh yeah he said uh, i mean i think that he's referring to a few things i think like ross was just a fantastic thing uh for open source robotics right but um it does lead to people quickly assembling manipulation systems out of a grab bag of parts where they say, I'll just grab this system, I'll grab this system, I'll grab this system, I'll put them into a Ross, um, you know, ecosystem and everything will just start working together. But, um, but it is very fragile uh, when you do that. So uh, <clears throat> it's true. I, I think there are a lot of open source um, tools out there. I think there are a few of them that are um, professionally engineered to the maturity that we've been trying to mature, to mature Drake. The code quality, if you look at the code reviews, um, you know, they just require a lot. The documentation, the, you know, is, uh, well, it's, it's near perfect in terms of punctuation and capitalization. You know, it's like, it's, it's, the quality is very, very high. Uh, and we've been, yeah, a little bit more slow and conservative. We don't want people to simulate something for the first time and watch it explode. We wanted to make sure 
that they don't have that experience when they play with our simulator. So, um, but I think now having taken time to do it right, I, I'm very, very happy with where we are. Mm -hmm. So just to finish about this part, you mentioned that it's really to use already, and I see also deployed in startup and, and I just see the tool. It's, I don't know how do you see the community should use it or, or enhance it. Uh, of course it's open source, but uh, what kind of maybe you aspire that to push again uh, the limits of that? That's a good question. So, so I think, um, I mean, right now, we, we sort of targeted expert users first, and we've seen that, I mean, just in the sense of um, we're providing kind of a high-end capability, I guess, and yeah. and it is, I think, the people that we've seen using it a lot, and there are, you know, um, big companies and, and startups that are using it a lot. Um, they're the ones that, that um, I think, started off as experts and, and were able to use the, the, the full maturity of it. And I think now we're in a phase where we're saying, well, I think the tool is 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 working very well, and we want to um, start making it more accessible to more people. So we've been, and we've always had some tutorials and the like, but we've never really prioritized. Partly because honestly, I was afraid of doing support. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge thing to actually support a tool for everybody's questions. But but now that's where that's the phase we're in. We're thinking that it's it's something that deserves to have more impact than we've tried to to give it. So. So we're starting to to burn down those other um, issues. Mm -hmm. And maybe also curious about simulation because that sometimes we don't know how to simulate perfectly uncertain environment. It's kind of very complex. I don't know how this use this point as well. Okay, so so that's great. So um, Drake definitely has a state of the art physics engine. It's super good and super proud. Like I I, I said uh, in that article, I, I think it's one of the most important features. But it's part of an ecosystem of thinking about things as systems that it's bigger than the, just the physics engine. So there's a like a rigorous note thinking about stochasticity. Um, so in, a, in some other simulator, you might be fine just um, adding random numbers in the middle of a simulator. And that's, I mean, that's perfectly reasonable for a lot of workflows. Uh, we try to encourage a workflow where you declare the randomness through um, through a specific you know, way to declare randomness in the system so that you, if you want to, I mean, you can just simulate it and get random rollouts of simulations if, that's what, if you're doing reinforcement learning and that's all you need. But if you wanted to do stochastic or robust control, you know, if you wanted to capture um, Gaussian uncertainty and propagate it through a nonlinear system, then there's some tools for doing that. You know? And if you wanted to, to write an optimization that took advantage of particular structure and the uncertainty, then there's opportunities to do that too. So that has been, you know, I think that's where this math comment I made um, is, that's where I show my bias here, is that I think um, there's a lot more that we can pull out of the system if we, if we hold its structure a little bit farther, a little bit longer, and, and exploit all the detailed structure of the mechanics, of the uncertainty, all these other quantities. Mm -hmm. Great. So coming back to, uh, you have been teaching already on actuated uh, robots, but and even you mentioned that sometimes Ozeo is working in legged robots, for example, manipulation is very much harder. But I'm curious to ask you in that case, what's something maybe still maybe you think is very challenging in that case? Because, of course, I would go to the point because I think it's very interesting when you say that we sometimes suppress the dynamics or this kind of physics happen in the robot. And I, I, I saw your talks many times, but I think that even soft robotics is very related that how we can really, yeah, extract this kind of dynamics or understand what could be beneficial or detrimental to the robot? Because I think it's very interesting, uh, that point here. So, so okay, let me be, um, be careful. I, 
I think that manipulation is harder to simulate. Um, I think that they bring different aspects of, of control. I do think that the diversity and versatility of, of a manipulation system and the, all of the different variety of things you might want to manipulate and, and the levels of complexity there are significant. I think legs are awesome and, and we should, I mean, there's still hard problems there. Um, the dynamics take a more central stage in, in legged robots. I think Spot and the other robots that are built like Spot, Animal's beautiful, and you know, uh, they uh, have captured a particular type of locomotion where you know you have very light legs and point feet, and and they basically mastered that. And now we we have it's so cool to see robots that are actually going to be out there in the world that are walking, and that's that's like um, you know they could be a product now. Uh, <clears throat> but there's more. I mean, we haven't completely solved the locomotion problem. There's plenty of hard problems still there too. I think because the thing that happened for me is that perception sort of became, it happened. I mean, the, the computer vision revolution with deep learning made perception um, happen to the point where manipulation really is the challenge that, that we're, it's of our time here, right? So, so that's the big, one of the big reasons that I um, changed my focus to manipulation. And I, and I hope I go back to, I think the lessons I'll learn in manipulation will, will transfer back to legged locomotion and I fully expect to go back there again. Uh, I just like to focus on one thing at a time.